I'd like to thank KTMS 990 and Montecito Bank and Trust for making Scam Squad possible. I'm Patty Teal. And I'm Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Scam Squad is up next. Sound off. One, two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Scam Squad. Welcome to Scam Squad. I'm Patty Teal here with Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson, who always shares news about the latest scams so that we can avoid them. Hi, Vicki. Hi, Patty. So, Patty, we here in California have just been through a record-breaking storm, which has wrecked havoc through many areas in Southern California. And I thought it would be timely to talk about disaster-related scams. Boy, I know. We've talked about this before. The disasters come and the scammers just come out to take advantage. So what do we need to know so we won't fall victim to these scammers? Well, Penny, it's interesting and kind of frightening to hear about all the different angles that fraudsters use to trick us following a disaster. They just think of everything. So the first thing to avoid, Patty, is the cleanup and repair scams. After natural disasters, unlicensed contractors and scammers might appear with promises of a quick repair, cleanup and debris removal, and some might demand upfront payment, then not do the work and disappear. Others might make promises of quick repair, but they don't have the skill to do the work. So Vicki, what should people do to avoid these problems? Well, there's quite a few things that you need to know. First of all, anytime you're going to do home improvement work over $500, you must be licensed. So number one, ask for IDs. Ask for contractors, licenses, proof of insurance, and references. And check with the contractor state licensing board to see if any complaints have been lodged against this particular contractor and if his or her license is current. It hasn't lapsed. And always get more than one estimate. Ask people that you trust for references and recommendations. Get a contract and read it over carefully. Know what it is that you are signing. Know what kind of work you can expect. Also, never pay in cash. And never make a final payment until the work is done and you are satisfied with the result. In fact, Patty, never pay more than 10% of the contract price or $1,000, whichever is less for a down payment. That's so interesting, Vicki, because I know a lot of times workers ask for 50% of the job up front, and you're not supposed to be doing that, it sounds like. That's absolutely right. When you need instant help, I mean, your place is in shambles. It's tempting to take the first offer that comes along to get your work started, but it's so much better to be safe and take these steps so that you won't be sorry later. And what else should people watch out for? Well, imposters, because scammers love to pretend that they are government officials and they will show up at your door with badges and outfits to make their claims seem a lot more valid. They might pretend to be safety inspectors or utility workers who say that immediate work or inspection is required. And of course, that will require payment of a fee. So as always, don't give out information about your bank account or credit cards and don't give them cash. Ask for their identification. And if you're still suspicious, call the agency that they claim to be from. Another thing to know, there are representatives from FEMA that will appear after a natural disaster. FEMA does not require you to pay any kind of application fee. 
So if somebody approaches you claiming to be from FEMA and wants money to help you qualify for FEMA, it's probably a scam. Well, that is a really good tip because in a bad disaster, a lot of people depend on FEMA. So if they're paying a scam person who's pretending to be from FEMA, that could be tragic. Anything else we should know about? Job scams. Now, this seems kind of far out from a disaster, but you might find yourself out of work after a disaster strikes. And scammers will trick people by advertising a job and even setting up fake interviews. The scam comes in when they tell you that you've got the job and they're going to advance you some money to buy equipment to do the job. But what they want you to do is go ahead and buy equipment. They'll send you a check. But you have to return to them money that's left over from buying the equipment. And of course, their check bounces and you have just paid them money. It's terrible. And to add insult to injury, you have no job. That's exactly right. And another thing that seems kind of far out, but you have to be careful for this, is rental scams. Because if your home has been damaged in a disaster, you'll be looking for a place to live. And you need to be very careful of offers that you might see on places like Craigslist, especially if the owner is supposedly out of town and can't meet you in person to show you the property. So the ad will typically show you a great place for a very reasonable price. The owner will tell you, well, just go ahead and drive by the rental. If you like it, contact me send me an application. If we approve of your application, we will ask for a deposit. We will ask you to fill out information about yourself. As soon as we get the deposit, we will send you the keys. <laughs> those keys that never come. I can picture it now, waiting for those keys day after day. <laughs> With the rental application, you've given the scammer all kinds of personal information that they can then use to steal your identity. That's right. And finally, charity scams. Watch out for those phone calls or text messages that play on your sympathies to try and get you to donate to a fake charity. Are there signs to watch for that might give you a clue that it's not a legitimate charity? Absolutely. You have to be very careful of charities that seem to spring up overnight and be especially careful to names that closely resemble those of better known reputable organizations. Be sure that you get the exact name of the charity and then do some research. And are you better off donating to charities that you already know? Absolutely, because you have to be suspicious if the charity refuses to provide detailed information about its missions and costs and how much money will be used for the actual charity purpose rather than administration fees. And I always ask for written information. I will never donate to somebody who contacts me over the phone. I want to see in writing what they are all about. Also be very suspicious if you're pressured to send money quickly, or if they ask you to pay in cash or wire money, you are dealing with a scammer. Is there any central spot that we can go to to find out the charity is legit? If you're wondering whether or not this is a legitimate charity, search a charity online. So use the words, the name of the charity, plus the words complaint, review, rating, or scam, and you will be very surprised what you come up with. Also, Patty, you need to be suspicious of callers that thank you for donating to them in the past. I have gotten these messages, especially when you don't remember ever donating to that charity. 
They're only trying to make you believe that this is a reputable charity that you, in fact, have already vetted. Mm. And remind us again where we can go to find out how a charity is rated. There are a couple of places, and here are three that are very good. CharityNavigator.org, another one, CharityWatch.org, and of course, the Better Business Bureau. Yeah, the Better Business Bureau really does a good job, not only with charities and monitoring them, but also businesses. So they are a good resource. Absolutely. And you know that they are a good, solid, reputable organization that you can trust. Patty, I've got some good news, but before I share the good news, I do have a quick tip, an alert that just came through. Apparently, we are starting to see emails arriving from supposedly your credit card company, American Express, MasterCard, Visa, telling you that your account has been, in quotes, paused. All right, that's going to make people kind of freak out. But you have to know that this is now a common scam and that credit card issuers are not going to send this kind of email. So one telltale sign that this is fake, and this is something we talked about last week with Judy, is that the sender's email is not even from an American Express domain. So how do you find that out? Well, you hover your cursor over any URLs that are in the email and you will see that the URL address as you hover doesn't have anything to do with MasterCard, Visa, or American Express. And then you know you are dealing with a scam email. Just be cautious. And again, Judy talked about us doing that last week to make sure that the email that we were getting is from the person that claims they're the legitimate organization sending it. Just thought I'd give yeah. that quick. That is a good tip. And you know, Vicki, I do that all the time because I get <laughs> scams sent to me. Many, many. I don't know how. I probably open too many emails on a daily basis. But usually you can tell when you hover over the URL, it's not a legitimate business. So that's a really good thing to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. And here's the good news. And again, you know, I just seem to be focused on these Medicare scams and Medicaid scams because when I found out the huge amount of money that is lost to these scams and how it is affecting our prices of our insurance, I thought I've got to find out a little bit more about this. So this is about a psychologist operating out of Connecticut, who admitted to defrauding Medicaid of more than $1.6 million. $1.6 million. So how did he do this? Very easily. He submitted fraudulent claims to Medicaid for psychotherapy services that were never rendered. Apparently, he was submitting claims for dates of service when no service of any kind had been provided to any Medicaid clients while he was traveling, on vacation, recovering Uh from surgery, or otherwise just not working. Mm -hmm. He continued to submit phony claims. It was that easy for him to the tune of $1.6 million. He needs therapy, Vicki. Yes, I (laughs) I mean, that's really sick. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Great show. Thank you for all the tips. And I hope Santa Barbara's doing okay after the big storms. We seem to be doing okay. All right. That's good. Well, I look forward to hearing your tips next week. Before we go, can you give your fraud hotline number? Absolutely. Area code 805-568-2442. And again, 
888-212-2442. And I do welcome your calls. Right. And if you want to be on the show and you have a scam to share, whether you fell for it or not, we'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. Bye, Vicki.